All right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ben Wasserman Show. I know, I know what you're thinking. Ben, you, you haven't done this show in a long time. What's going on? And the answer is nothing. I apologize. I haven't been able to do this show in a few days now. Not going to make any excuses for it. I really should have done an episode after the Blue Jays series, but, you know, things were busy and time moves and stuff happens. But I'm here today, and I've got a lot to talk about. But first, got to say one thing. Shout out to one of my older brothers, Sam. He got me this new microphone. It's a Shure MV7. I think it sounds a lot better. It's awesome. I could hold it. I don't have to worry about anything. It's got this cool top thing. He says it's a lot better. He gave it to me as a birthday gift, and I'm very thankful for that. And this is the first episode that I'm using it for, and hopefully the first episode of many that I use it for, you know, assuming that nothing happens. But so far, so good, and I'm uh, I'm very happy that I got it because the, this last week, I said things were, things were a little crazy. Last episode, I didn't have a mic. I literally just went raw from my computer and the, you know, the audio was what it was because I left my adapter at my girlfriend's house, which was an hour away. So I finally got everything. I got the light, I got the microphone and we are ready to roll. So as I said before, I got a lot to talk about. This episode is probably going to be 20, 25 minutes long. I'm going to talk quickly or touch on the Yankees Blue Jays series. I'm not going to talk about the games. I'm just going to talk about the news because that series was filled with drama and news and Aaron Judge sick moments. And then obviously I'm going to talk about the Yankees latest wins and their sweep against the Cincinnati Reds. And then I'm going to touch briefly on the NHL playoffs, Vegas versus Dallas tonight. Well, I should have said Dallas versus Vegas tonight. And in the NBA, we got two teams. Well, one team that's up 3-0 and another team that's trying to be up 3-0. So lots going on right now in sports. The Mets, as I am recording this, are currently playing their first game of a split doubleheader. They have Max Scherzer on the mound right now. I don't know how he's doing. I will check after. And then they have Justin Verlander tonight. So a lot going on. Thank you all for joining me. If you're joining me live, thank you very much much or if you're watching this after either youtube twitter apple podcast spotify i appreciate you and let's get right into it okay so yankees versus blue jays this series this rivalry in my mind has become the best rivalry in sports i think right now currently it's better than yankees red sox it's better than yankees versus rays it's better than some other rivalries in the midwest like cardinals versus cubs the yankees versus blue jays do not like each other and it really is stemmed from one team hating the other team just because I don't know. They just hate them. I mean, the Blue Jays consistently talk about the Yankees. It's not really the other way around. I mean, in in the winter, in December, you had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. randomly, just out of nowhere, say that he would never, ever play for the Yankees. Last season, you had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. celebrating after a walk-off double or whatever he had, saying, this is my house, this is my house. And then the night after, the Yankees winning the AO East and celebrating in his house. So... Basically, a lot of talking from one side and a lot of winning from the other side, which has stemmed some really, really good games. So earlier in the week, a lot of action in the series. Let's start off with probably the biggest one. Aaron Judge was quote unquote cheating. He was not cheating. I don't have to say a lot about this because this is old news now. I made a video on my TikTok right after that game happened. I said, if you thought he was cheating, then you're an idiot. And that's obviously still true now. 
The Blue Jays pitcher was tipping his pitches. Aaron Judge was looking over at the first base coach. I should know his name. I don't know his name. And he was relaying what pitch is going to be. And at the end of the day, Aaron Judge did not need any help. But if a pitcher is tipping his pitches and a team and a player is smart enough to pick up on that and take advantage of that, then you got to just give props to the Yankees, which is exactly what the Blue Jays pitcher did. So that led into some drama the next day. But before I get into Aaron Judge's statement of a home run, I just want to talk a little about the Domingo Herman suspension. And there's not much to say about it besides it's dumb. It's stupid. If you're Domingo Herman, you already got a warning earlier in the season that your hands were too sticky. You have to know that if your hands are sticky like that again, you're going to get the toss, you're going to get the 10-game ban, and you're going to put your team in a really bad position. And that's exactly what he did. So if you're Domingo Herman, you got to be smarter. That was a stupid mistake. I'm sure Aaron Boone is not pleased about it. But thankfully, a few games after now, the Yankees, you know, they're still winning. Even though they got a, they had to use some pitchers, and that Domingo Herman suspension led to an Ian Hamilton injury, so it wasn't good there. But you know, we're already uh, three or four games into the suspension, so the Yankees just got to keep doing their thing. So we had the Blue Jays chirping at the Yankees. We had the Blue Jays chirping at Luis Rojas. Blue Jays manager John Snyder calling somebody a fat boy, saying "shut up." So much drama. It was awesome. But at the end of the day, the Yankees took three out of four in Toronto. They moved up in the standings. And Aaron Judge left the city of Toronto, basically having ownership of it because he made a statement of a home run. Multiple statements of home runs. But you guys all know which one I'm talking about. In game number two or three of the ser- of that series, I think it was game two of that series, Hits the go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. Breaks the Maple Leaf. It was awesome. Like, you cannot script it any better. The night before, Aaron Judge gets caught peeking. It's a whole bunch of rumors. Domingo Herman, a whole bunch of adversity. And then Aaron Judge, game on the line, eighth inning. Hits the Maple Leaf. It was beautiful. It was baseball poetry. So the Yankees left Toronto taking three out of four. Then they come into Cincinnati, Ohio, a place where Aaron Boone used to play. And he played for a long time there. It's a place that's very special to Aaron Boone. And it was also the the last three games of a seven-game road trip. So the Yankees had some extra motivation and they had some extra, you know, I guess you could say extra energy to finish the road trip strong. So listen, I was not worried about this. Series against Cincinnati, it's the Reds. The Reds are terrible. Uh, you know, they just continually get worse now that they're, they're, I guess you could say, rebuilding a little bit. Game number one, it was a great team effort. Let me pull it up on my phone here what happened. But Clark Schmidt had a solid game. I still want to see more out of Clark Schmidt. In game one on Friday, he pitched five innings, gave up two runs, you know, six strikeouts, two walks. I understand Clark Schmidt is starting because the Yankees only legitimately have five starters right now. I mean, now that Severino is back, he might not be starting as many games or, you know, things might change a little bit. But I understand why Clark Schmidt is starting and the the Yankees need him to get five innings a start. But I still need to see more out of him. Five innings, two runs. It's better than what he's given the Yankees in the past, 100%. But I still think, well, maybe not think anymore, but I still, you know, envision Clark Schmidt a little bit better than that. But but it is what it is. 
Yankees took the lead in the first inning. Aaron Judge home run. That was his 13th of the season on Friday. He he added on to that on Saturday, I believe. I got to check that. Yes, he did add on to that on Saturday. Just an absolute beast. Wait, no, he didn't. I, excuse me. 13th home run of the season on Friday. It was a full team effort. Yankees were able to win 6-2. to two. The bullpen was lights out. Jimmy Cordero. Jimmy Cordero is turning into one of my favorite players on the Yankees. Like, I fought, when you talk about bullpen pitchers, I fall in love with two types of bullpen pitchers. The guys who are, who are psychotic, kind of like Wandy Peralta, and I think of a guy on the Cleveland Guardians like Karen Chuck, who just goes, Goes crazy when he gets the big outs, or I fall in love with guys who are jacked and can just throw missiles right down the middle. Not like Aroldis Chapman because he was actually terrible, but like Jimmy Cordero, pull up the sleeves, get jacked, throw strikes, throw heaters, get outs. I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Cordero. After him is Albert Abreu. He's really turning the corner now after some, some bad appearances. Wandy Peralta got an inning. And then Ramirez, Nick Ramirez, who doesn't pitch very often for the Yankees, but in a 62 game, sometimes you got to save the big guns. And that's exactly what Aaron Boone did. So Aaron Judge got a home run. Anthony Rizzo got a home run. And on Friday, it was an easy victory. It was not an easy victory on Saturday, however. It was a come from behind victory. Not the best pitching performance from Johnny Brito. Johnny Brito, a guy who started his season really well, had a great spring, started his first two games, didn't really give up any runs, then got absolutely shelled in his third start. And, you know, at the moment, it, it's kind of just like Clark Schmidt. These are two guys, Johnny Brito and Clark Schmidt, who the Yankees need to go out there and get at least four to five innings and try not to blow the game. You know, thankfully, in this case, Johnny Brito didn't blow the game, but he did not have a good start. Four innings pitched, only four hits, but he gave up four runs. So, you know, he just couldn't really find the zone. Six walks or four walks, excuse me, just couldn't find the zone. But after him, Ron Marinaccio with a great bounce back performance. Ron Marinaccio is also one of my favorite relief pitchers. That guy is a menace when he's on. His mechanics haven't been on 100%, but he had a really nice. Nice outing yesterday, two innings, no hits. Michael King also had a great outing, two hits. I mean, two innings, one hit, no runs. Clay Holmes got the win. He's been really sharp. Clay Holmes, a guy who, when I think of him, I always get scared because that sinker, you have no idea where it's going to go. And most of the time, it does not go in the strike zone. But lately, these last two weeks, he has been electric. I don't think he's given up more than two runs in the last two weeks. And then Ryan Weber, the web dog, he's so good. He's so much fun to watch. He's awesome. So it was a come-from-behind win on Saturday. Aaron Judge got a big hit in the third. Then in the fifth inning, the Yankees were really able to uh, to take over the game a little bit. IKF homered. Aaron Judge got a double. Rizzo got a big single. And then the top of the 10th, Judge single driving in Greg Allen and Anthony Rizzo two run home run for the Yankees to win seven to four. Now I mentioned Greg Allen's name and before I talk about what happened on Sunday in the third game of the series and the seventh game on this road trip, Greg Allen joined the Yankees. He was traded from the Boston Red Sox here to the good side on the New York Yankees. And in response to that move, it became official. Greg Allen comes in, a guy who could steal bases, a guy who honestly has a nice bat, a guy who can go from first to third in a heartbeat. He joins the team, and Mr. 
Aaron Hicks leaves the team. You know, I don't know. I really don't understand why people on Twitter were like praising Aaron Hicks and giving him this like celebratory exit. I mean, this guy in the last two years was awful. He was awful. He complained. He had bad body language. He did almost nothing. And I, the reason I say almost is because in the last two years, I think he's had one good moment, and that was that home run against the Astros last year. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But people, when he got DFA'd on Twitter yesterday, were like, he was one of the best center fielders in baseball. He will, you know, he had a lot of great moments for the Yankees. What great moments? I can think of three great moments out of eight seasons with the Yankees. You want to hear them? The home run last year against the Astros, which I just mentioned. The home run in the 2019 playoffs against the Astros. Big home run, right? I'm not discrediting that. But when you play for a team for eight years and I can get, name you three big moments, two in the regular season, then you're not, you didn't really have a great tenure. And then the third one was the great catch in Minnesota and the great game in Minnesota. But besides that, can you tell me a time where Aaron Hicks was a great asset for the team? He was always injured. He was never good, and he got paid a lot of money. Sure, he had good runs, but it wasn't great. And he was never, I don't understand this, he was never the best center fielder in baseball during his time on the Yankees because it was always Mike Trout, okay? I don't care what anybody said. Aaron Hicks was never the, the greatest center fielder in baseball during his during his moment with the Yankees. I wish him the best. I think he's going to get picked up by a team rather quickly. And I think he's going to be similar to Joey Gallo, where a different environment makes him a little bit better. You know, he spent a lot of time in New York. He lost his job and things just went downhill. But I think he'll get picked up and I think he'll have some good success. And I wish him the best. But I just didn't really understand this whole celebratory exit. Like, Aaron, the fans hated you. The fans hated Aaron Hicks. They were booing him in spring training. And then the time comes when the Yankees DFA him and everybody's like, oh my God, yes, thank you for everything. It's like, yes, thank you for your good moments, but there wasn't enough of those good moments. There's a reason why you're getting DFA'd. So Aaron Hicks, you know, it's finally over now. It, it could have been over last year. It could have been over in, in the winter, but now it is finally over. And, you know, I wish him the best in the future, but the Yankees, you know, that there's just too many good players on the Yankees and, and he doesn't fit in the team, you know, at the moment and in the future. So, so that's basically it with Aaron, with Aaron Hicks, that time has come and gone. All right. Finally today, 1135 start on Peacock, by the way, these streaming service games, I mean, I understand teams got to make money. The league has to make money. But in a sport that is really, quote unquote, dying, in a sport that literally needed to change rules to attract younger fans, they added a pitch clock for the sole reason to speed up the game so more fans would get into the sport. They are moving half the games to streaming services, Peacock, Apple TV, Amazon Prime Video. I'm not even counting Amazon Prime Video because almost everybody has that. But Peacock and Apple TV drives me nuts. I understand it, but it drives me nuts that next week, well, starting today and going into next week, four out of five Yankees games will be on streaming services or three out of four, but you get the point. More than 50% of the Yankees games start from today to next week will be on streaming services. It's tough. I mean, if you're going to do these streaming services game, at least space them out a little bit, but it's just very frustrating 
Um, I wasn't able to watch the full game. I was driving. I listened to the majority of the game on the radio. And then when I got home, but I'm just going to be honest. I had to go on an illegal website to watch the game. I'm not paying for Peacock to watch the game. I never used Peacock. So I had to use a little, you know, illegal, illegal streaming software. And I'll just be honest about that. Amazon Prime Video I can do. And then Apple TV, I'm going to have to, you know, do a little illegal again. But I'm not buying Peacock and Apple TV just to watch the Yankees once a month. It's not happening. And I'm not buying and canceling memberships. It's very, very frustrating. So an 11.35 start with Luis Severino making his season debut. Started off, I don't want to say Rocky, but didn't start off on the best foot. Um, it was a very weird run that I guess you could say Severino gave up in the first you know, Jake Bowers and that left field, he thought it, he caught it, or he thought it dropped out of his glove in foul territory. The ball actually touched him in fair territory. Jonathan India went first to home. You know, the Yankees were confused. They thought it was a foul ball. It led to a Reds run, and it led to another Aaron Boone ejection. And I have a little stint to say about Aaron Boone. Listen, I don't always agree with his in-game decisions, and I don't always agree with his lineups or whatnot. But if I would want one thing, like literally one thing besides from in-game decisions out of a baseball manager, so you could either have that he's, you know, crazy. You could have that he's really good to the media and always tells the truth. You could have that, whatever, he's a great culture builder. If I would want one thing out of a baseball manager, it would be what Aaron Boone is. And that is a crazy man who always sticks up for his team and does not care about getting ejected, does not care about getting in the umpire's face. I am literally slowly, really, really liking Aaron Boone. He still bothers me sometimes, but what Aaron Boone does on basically a game-by-game -game thing is he just screams at umpires, he screams at the other team, he sticks up for his boys, and it is awesome. Because not every manager does that. Not every coach in sports does that. I think once managers start to get older, or once they've been with the team for a long time, they take a more calm approach. Like, you watch the Mets and Buck Showalter, he doesn't scream at nobody. Max Scherzer does the screaming. But you watch the Yankees, they have their guy, their manager, doing the yelling, doing the screaming, and sacrificing his Sunday afternoon sitting in the locker room because he wanted to make a point. Aaron Boone, thank you. Because I was a fan, I love that. Not even because it's must-see TV, but because I know as a fan, my manager is going to stick up and fight against the umpires. And sometimes as a fan, that's all you can ask for. So Aaron Boone, I'm starting to really, really like you because your shows, your antics are great. Great for the sport. Great for the Yankees. And I know you ain't stopping anytime soon. You, Aaron Boone almost has 40 ejections as a Yankees manager. Almost 40. It's great. Now, look, sometimes Aaron Boone, he can't always afford to get it. Well, he can't always afford to get ejected. But sometimes, you know, he wants to keep a calmer approach. But if the umpires are being silly, like today, not knowing how to do anything, then... Booney goes out there and lets them know. I love it. So the Yankees were down 1-0 in the first inning. After that, Luis Severino pitched a great game. You know, he had a pitch max, pitch count max at 75 pitches. He was one pitch away from finishing that in the fifth, but he gave up a single. The Yankees faced Hunter Green. And listen, Hunter Green is a guy who was on Sports Illustrated in high school. Hunter Green was a guy who was drafted in the first round. He's a guy 
who's very athletic and has a lot of upside, but has not really pieced it together that well in his MLB career and especially not well this season. And Harrison Bader was able to get to him in the top of the fifth, getting the go-ahead two-run home run. And then in the sixth, Glaber Torres, who was mic'd up earlier in the game. And I love when the players are mic'd up. I don't see any downside from that. ESPN does it every Sunday night. Peacock does it. You can understand what the players are thinking during the game. And I think it is a great way to show the players' personalities, not only during the game, but show their personalities as people. Because baseball players are not like looked up to. They're not like big influencers. Like, yes, maybe Aaron judges, but when you talk about which athletes kids like, it's NFL and it's NBA. So any way for MLB players to start getting in the conversation and start showing their personality, I think is amazing. And that's what these in-game interviews do. And especially on Sunday Night Baseball, because, you know, that's what people watch. Maybe not as many people as they should, you know, maybe not as many people as ESPN wants, but there's definitely young kids that watch Sunday Night Baseball and hopefully watch Peacock. And and maybe there's a kid out there who's like, wow, I really like Labor Torres now. He's cool. I hope so. But I love the in-game interviews. I don't see any downside to it. And I, don't tell me it distracts the players. These guys are zoned in. They're professionals. And it's not like they're, they're really speaking all the time. You know, when the play is going on, unless some guy's running in the outfield, they're kind of just they're just playing and they're mic'd up. So it's great. So yeah, Glaber Torres got a home run in the sixth, and then Volpe got a double in the seventh. Yankees were able to hold on and win four to one. Albert Abreu got the win. He pitched, he ended the fifth and then pitched the sixth. Jimmy Cordero, seventh, Wandy Peralta, eighth, Clay Holmes in the ninth. Bullpen was lights out this series. No runs allowed. You don't always get the chance to say that, but the Yankees. They need their pitching because they're starting pitching. I know Severino is back now, but he only threw 75 pitches. Their starting pitching is uh, is in a tough spot. Still no Rodon, Domingo Herman on the shelf, well, suspension shelf. They really only got Garrett Cole who can get them innings. Um, Nestor doesn't really get a ton of innings, so really nice to see that the bullpen is doing their job. And it's really great to see that that Aaron Judge continues to be one of the best players in the MLB. Anthony Rizzo had an amazing series. So seven-game road trip. Yankees went 6-1. and one. They finished it off with four straight wins. It's beautiful. It is a great time right now to be a Yankees fan. It's a long season. There's going to be ups like now. There's going to be downs like about three weeks ago. But right now, to all Yankees fans, let's just enjoy it. They have a day off tomorrow. They're playing really well, and that's all you can ask for. They went from last in the division about two or three weeks ago, and now they're in third, and they're winning. Keep stacking wins. That's it. So so great series, great road trip, and they come back home to face the, the Orioles on Tuesday with Gail Cole on the mound. So all is well in Yankee land. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about the NHL. So... I started a, a new TikTok. Well, I didn't start it, but it's under the – well, I'm a creator. It's under the branch. So, so at school, I do a show called Basketball Today Live. I used to create content for the TikTok Basketball Today Live, and it's basically a media company where we have Basketball Today, Hockey Today, Football Today, and we're going to be doing all these shows at Penn State and making all this content. So I make content for the TikTok channel called Hockey Today, and that's really geared towards younger, new 
hockey fans to make them understand how great the sport it is and to try to promote the sport because that's really what I want to do. You guys know I love hockey. So the start of the NHL conference finals, you cannot ask for a better start. Like if you're a new hockey fan or an old hockey fan or whatever you are, you cannot ask for a better start to the NHL conference finals. Game one, Hurricanes Panthers, four overtime, almost went to a fifth one, 2 a.m., awesome game, back and forth. The Panthers scored, then it got called back. Fans went back to their stadium. And then game one, Stars versus Vegas, overtime. Vegas wins less than three minutes in, Brett Howden. And then people are like, oh, my God, all these games are going to overtime. This is sick. You know, let's watch Saturday night. Let's watch the Panthers versus Hurricanes. That game goes to overtime. And the Florida Panthers walk out of Carolina with a 2-0 series lead. Matthew Kachuk, two game winners, and the eight-seed Florida Panthers are two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup Final. A team that entered the playoffs last eight-seed and entered the playoffs by not even a soul thinking they would get past the first round. Not even a soul thinking they would win three games in the first round series. And now they're two wins away from the Stanley Cup final. The NHL playoffs are awesome. The Florida Panthers got to stop getting disrespected. I think, think it's really over now. I understand why the Hurricanes were favored in both games because they were at home. But man, oh man, the Panthers just win. And that series isn't over. The Hurricanes are really good. They're going to fight to the very end. But that series has just been crazy. And then in the Western Conference, game two is tonight, Stars versus Vegas. I don't know who's going to win. I like the over. I took the over in game one. But, you know, it's just been fantastic hockey. So Panthers up 2-0, Vegas up 1-0, looking to make it 2-0 tonight. And the NBA, what's going on in South Florida? The Miami Heat. I think I said this on a previous episode. I said there's a few teams who just know how to win in the playoffs, right? Like the Patriots back in the day. Not not really back in the day. Like the Patriots when they had Brady. The Heat. Uh, the Astros. Those teams just win come playoff time. The eight-seed Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler just running through the Celtics right now. And if you're the Celtics, you got to stop. Tell you got, Someone's got to go over to Grant Williams and tell him to stop. Because there's a time and a place for chirping. And the time and the place is not when Jimmy Butler is in your face. Because you chirp Jimmy Butler, you are asking to lose the game. Jimmy Butler is that guy. He is Jimmy Butler. And that Miami Heat team is special. Huge shout out to Eric Spolstra. And half of their team is undrafted players. It's an amazing job by the front office, an amazing job by the coaching staff, an amazing job by Jimmy Butler so far to this point in the playoffs. They still have two more wins to get before they get to the finals. They have a monster game tonight, Sunday night. I think they're going to win, but whether they lose or win, I still think they will win this series. It's just, just a wild time. For South Florida sports, Panthers in the heat. You can't make it up. And then on the Western side of the NBA, what happened to the Lake show? LeBron James has himself down in a hole 3-0. And you want to know why? Because he can't make a three. So to all you people who think LeBron James is the GOAT, LeBron James is better than MJ. MJ made threes. MJ won championships. MJ never went down 3-0. 
This guy, LeBron, I watch him. He doesn't make a single three. So I think the Lakers are done. But also, you could say, and Michael Malone talked about this after the game. You could switch the narrative a little bit here. Instead of talking about the Lakers, myself and everybody else should be talking a lot more about the Nuggets. Because what they're doing is great. It's a team that's been knocking on the door for years. And it's a team that has one of the best players in the whole league on the planet, Nikola Jokic. What he does each and every night is special. So crazy time in hockey, crazy time in the NBA. Couple teams down 2-0. A couple teams, you know, really fighting for their lives here. So Vegas plays tonight. Hurricanes tomorrow. Celtics tonight. Yankees playing really, 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 really well. So I think that's basically all I got. I'm very happy that one, I got this new mic like I started off the show talking about, but I'm very happy that the Yankees are are playing good baseball because there was a, a few weeks where a lot of Yankees fans were not feeling too good. You know, if you go back in my podcast episode, just two or three podcasts ago, I said the Yankees and the Mets were a mess. And that was true at the time. But now both teams, Yankees especially, really playing good baseball. So Hopefully that can continue big series against Baltimore. Baltimore is in second place. They're one of the best teams in the MLB. So Yankees have an off day on Monday. Garrett Cole on the hill. I'm going to be fired up to watch them on Tuesday. And then they have San Diego coming to town on the weekend. But I'm not going to look too far ahead. Yanks are playing well. It's great. So great time right now. Great time. Everybody, enjoy the Heat Celtics game tonight. Enjoy the Stars Vegas game tonight. Thank you all for watching either on YouTube or listening on Apple and Spotify. I appreciate you all. And I promise, I promise, I'm going to start doing episodes after each Yankees series. So about every three to four days. My next episode will be on Thursday. I promise. But if something crazy happens or I have to do an emergency episode or I don't know, then I'll do that. But that's the plan that I want to stick to after each Yankees series. Everybody enjoy the rest of your Sunday or whatever day it is that you're watching and listening. Take care and thank you very much.